come on. Yeah, come on. It's like that. It's like that. Hello and welcome to my young, loyal listeners of Teen Bible Study Talk in 10 Minutes. So what do you know? Word on the go. This podcast is brought to you by and produced by Real Time with the Bennett's, where real talk happens all the time. I'm your host, Minister Bennett, of today's episode, and my co-host is the lovely Sister Bennett, as my husband affectionately calls me. Thank you for allowing and trusting us to be a part of your Christian walk. In this week's episode, we will be discussing the nature of sin according to God's word. Yeah, that's right. Come on, come on, come on. We are back live in PNT Podcast Studio with another great lesson for another great week. As you can see, we're going to talk about sin nature. So let's dive right into it. The world's in the biblical meaning of sin. An immoral act considered to be a transgression against divine law. 1 John 2.16, and this is the King James Version, it's important. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. So anything that is not of God is of the world, which is sin. I'm going to start this lesson off a little different than the past lessons. I'm going to start with the question. What is sin? Watch this. An even better question. What is sin to a young person, to a teen, to a kid, to a child? You can kind of see where this question can lead us in a discussion on sin. It's an age-old question. The reason is people are seeking to find what they can or cannot do or can get away with without forfeiting their place in the kingdom. Let me give you my simple interpretation of sin. James 4, 17. Therefore to him that knoweth to do good, and doeth not, to him it is sin. There is no sin greater or lesser than another. So no big sin, no little sin. They are all the same to the Lord. Sin is doing the opposite of what the knowledge of truth is guiding you to do. Once you come into the full knowledge of the truth, what is that? That is that you know without a shadow of a doubt that you were a sinner bought with a price, that Jesus Christ was the living sacrifice for your sin nature, that God raised him from the dead three days later with all power over death and sin, and that you should live a life of eternity without sin. I want to read James 4, 17 again. Therefore to him that knoweth to do good, and doeth not, to him it is sin. So basically that is the knowledge. The knowledge is knowing that Jesus Christ was your sacrifice, that he paid that price for your sin, and you should not sin no more. My young loyal listeners, your struggle is real. I've been there and may still be there if I'm keeping it a buck with you. Your struggle is about how to live for the Lord after becoming a Christian. So the real question is, you want to know what can you do that won't land you with a one-way ticket to hell? Watch this. This lesson builds on last week's lesson. The answer lies in the nature of God. It can be found in your prayer time with God. It is revealed to you through your intimate relationship with God. Romans 1, 28, 32. Furthermore, just as they did not think it was worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, so God gave them over to a depraved mind, so that they do what they ought not to do. They have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They are gossips, slanderers, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, and boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. They have no understanding, no fidelity, no love, 
no mercy. Although they know God's righteous decree that those who do such things deserve death, they do not only continue to do these very things, but also approve of those who practice them. This scripture makes it very clear what the nature of sin is and looks like. I can say with certainty it is not a good look. It makes me wonder who would want to live a life as a God-hater, as a person that disobeys their parents, and most of all, not have an ounce of love or mercy in their heart. I'm going to let God's word speak for itself. 1 John 4 and 8. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Don't go nowhere. We'll be right back after this quick break. We are back live in PNT Podcast Studio after that short break to talk about a practical way, maybe impractical after you hear it, to understand the seven sin natures. I'm in no way saying or telling you to go watch Spongebob. Spoiler alert. Through my study and research, I found that each character on the show represented one of, yeah, wait for it, wait for it, the seven deadly sins or sin natures. I guess for those who may not be aware of them, I will list them here. Lust, gluttony, greed, sloth, wrath, envy, pride. I can say I have watched several episodes of Spongebob before learning about the correlation between the sins and the characters. So this was enlightening and shocking at the same time for me. Number one, sloth. Patrick is known as the sloth, which is excessive laziness and something Patrick is really good at to the point where he once got an award for doing absolutely nothing. God was and will never be slow in coming to your aid when you need him. God will never be that. So don't be that for God. When God needs you to do something, don't be lazy about it. Number two, gluttony. Gary, SpongeBob's pet snail, is also included as a representation of gluttony. Gary doesn't really do much aside from eating, although he has shown to be very intelligent. We are to share the good news. Don't keep Jesus to yourself. Share him so that others may experience God in the same way you have. So don't be gluttonous about your love for Jesus or what Jesus has done for you. Share with others. Plankton is envy, which is clear as his life revolves around stealing the Krusty Krab secret formula. God has placed some special things in you so you don't have to desire what others have. Be your true self. Be true to God. Don't envy what others have. Number four, greed. On the other hand, Mr. Crab is the incarnation of greed, which is marked by excessive love for money and material things. Mr. Crab lives for money and will do anything to get it, even if that means putting himself and others at risk. 1 Timothy 6 and 10 tells us the love of money is the root to all evil. Money itself is not evil. It's the misplaced love for money that causes us to sin. So don't get it twisted. Number five, wrath. Squidward is wrath, which involves an uncontrollable hatred towards everything. Squidward hates almost everyone and everything in Bikini Bottom, except for himself and his clarinet. Hatred is a direct conflict with God because God is love and those who follow him are also to have love in them. Number six, pride. Sandy represents pride as she is highly competitive, has a big ego, and is very proud of her Texas heritage. She even wrote a song about it. Everyone loves a challenge. 
Just don't let the challenge to be the best replace God at making you the best. We can do nothing apart from God. Remember that. Number seven, lust. Last but not least is SpongeBob himself, who according to the theory represents lust. This term is usually understood as an excessive sexual desire, but others define it as an excessive love for others. That's where SpongeBob falls, as he certainly shows an incredible amount of love for his friends, even Squidward, who doesn't consider himself the friend of SpongeBob. Think about Jesus and Judas, to the point where it can be annoying to someone. Keep your emotions in check. Don't let them get the best of you and cause you to be a pest in trying to do what's good for God. Hey, let's see what they're rapping about over here in the conversation corner. Hey, Minister Bennett. What y'all rapping about over here? We were chatting about sin, and of course they said, we know, we know, Miss Pam. We all sin and fall short of the glory of God. I said, okay, that's great. Y'all are listening. But while you're reciting it, do you understand it? There were yeses and there were some noes. So we talked about Romans 3.23. I asked them to think about a time, and some, because of their age, had to take a moment. But I asked them to think about when they had done something to disappoint their parents, a family member, or a mentor. Some of them acted like they had never done anything. So you know me, I like helping out our brothers and sisters. So I gave them examples like when they stayed out past their curfew when they were drinking or smoking weed with friends, when they snuck out of the house, when they cursed at their parents, under their breath, of course, when they stole that item from the store or from someone's home. I asked, should I go on? And they were like, no, nah, Miss Pam, we get it. So I told them the time that they were thinking about was more than likely a sin. And they knew at the time that they were doing it, it was wrong. But when they committed that sin against that family member or mentor, those persons never stopped loving them when they found out what they had done. They may have chastised or maybe punished them, but they didn't stop loving them. It's the same with God. We can do so many things that we know are not right because, remember, we choose right or wrong. He never stops loving us. He never gives up on us when we sin. The Bible tells us in Proverbs 3.12, for whom the Lord loves, he corrects, just as a father and or mother corrects the son and or daughter in whom they delight. This does not give us a ticket to go out and do all the sinning we want and God will forgive us because he loves us. No, he says in the Bible, 2 Corinthians 7.14, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. So no, you do not get to keep sinning because you feel you'll be all right. You have to make a choice to do the right thing. Yes, we live in a world that there are so many things that look so pleasing to the eye. But keep in mind, everything that looks good is not good for you. You have a choice to take that path, and it may not end well. All it takes is a split second or one bad decision for your life to change forever. You can be in this world, but you do not have to do all the sinful things that this world has to offer. Please continue to stay prayed up, and remember that God is omnipresent, always there and always watching. In summary, the importance of knowing the nature of sin. What is the Lord really asking us about our sin nature? Is he trying to be this joy I found killer to make our lives miserable? Not at all. Just as long as the joy you found was the day you met his son, Jesus Christ. 
God is not out to be the destroyer of all things we love and enjoy. God wants us all, meaning he wants to be in full relationship with the complete you, not the compartmentalized you. He wants all of your love. So the real question you must ponder is, does anything I want or the things I do stop or hold me back from the relationship God desires in any way? You don't have to tell me. Be honest with God. As we can see, sin is a tricky and sticky area, and the reality is it separates us from the Lord, whether it's big sin or little sin. The final question we must all ask is this. Do I want to be far away or close to God? Sin nature becomes a question we all need to ask and answer within our own hearts. As always, please don't forget to subscribe and share so that you and your friends will get all future notifications when new and exciting episodes are uploaded and posted. Until next time, stay safe and live a life holy and acceptable to God. After all, it's your reasonable service. With a special thank you to LJ Productions for post-productions editing techniques is used for this podcast. This podcast was sponsored in part by the Body of Christ Church in Waldorf, Maryland, Pastor Kenneth E. Stewart, its Christian education ministry, in association with Real Time with the Bennetts. Well, Real Talk, what? You got it. Happens all the time. Yeah, it's like that.